sign of weakness. Always go for the throat. Buy low, sell high. Fear, that's the other guy's problem. Biz Talk Radio is proud to bring you Investor's Edge with Gary Kolbaum. Straight talk about you and your money. You can reach Gary now at 877-747-EDGE. That's 877-747-3343. Here's your host, Gary Kolbaum. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Gary Kolbaum, your host. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Glad you're here, ladies and gentlemen. Happy that you are listening. It's Tuesday, June 4th, 2019. And ladies and gentlemen, we are here to talk about you, everything that affects you, the markets, your money, the economy, Washington, D.C., all else in between. Hope you're all having a good day. Let me start by saying, if you do not get the show in your city, go to GaryK.com. You can listen live or archive. We're live 6.06 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. Also at GaryK.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Just press the button or go to Twitter at Gary Kolbaum. You can email me. Just be nice. Read our commentary. If you'd like to hear what you're doing, we'd like to hear what you're doing. Press the money management button. Press the subscribe button to get our notes. Or our email service, which is ConvictionLeaders.com. ConvictionLeaders.com. Right there. Press the button one month free. One month free. Did I tell you one month free? All at GaryK.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen. There are days that we need to be market and cause and effect of the market centric. Today is one of those days. So, first off, very neatly, the market wrap is brought to you by investment-models.com. That's Jim Rohrbeck, one of the great market timers. No gray areas with the man. You're either in or out of the market. What is proprietary indicators? Go check it out. Investment-models.com. Are you ready for this? Top 512. No, really. S&P up 58, NASDAQ, measly 194. NASDAQ 100, 188. The SOX, up 54. The transports, up 323. Advanced declines, very strong, up down volume, very strong. New highs, still not many, but a very good day. What be? What gives? What happened? After all, the market's been crapping out. And yesterday was a terrible day for Amazon and Facebook and Google and the software names. And growth, boom, today. Well, first off, we came and oversold. And all that means is we've gone down too far too fast. But let's hearken back, ladies and gentlemen. See, we are going to take you back in time to just give you an explanation because it still goes on. Listen carefully. Throughout the early 2000s, we had what we call easy money. Easy money to relieve the 2000 and 2003 bear market, one of the worst bear markets ever. Dow S&P went down in the low 50s, NASDAQ, NASDAQ 100 in the 80s. Well, the market bottomed in 03, got the easy money, but something happened from that easy money. The bubble that was the internet bubble that popped in 2000 turned into the bubble of real estate. Where people were lining up in Miami on a vacant lot with nothing but a trailer, plunking down. A deposit on a condo that may or may not be built, and as soon as they sign on the dotted line, put it up for sale, and sell it within three days and make 25 grand. To where Fortune magazine had a front cover, Real Estate Riches, where they were speaking to and interviewing the average Joe, flipping 10 houses a month. Everything was great, riches and riches and more because of easy money. And of course, it blew up. And blew up badly. But part of that blowing up was the ignorance the total ignorance of the people that were running the joint. Our head of the central bank, Ben Bernanke, who was part of the easy money contingent, for a year, if not more, I have all his quotes. The economy is sound. Housing is fine. Housing prices never go down year over year. 
These were his quotes. The guy running the Fed. Our Treasury Secretary, Hank Paulson. Same thing. Same thing. Those two might as well have been Charlie McCarthy. The dummy. They missed the whole thing. They got it all wrong. The Treasury Secretary and the central bank head. So things blew up. What to do? How are we going to fix this? Oh my God, how are we going to fix this? Ben Bernanke says, well, you know, we had this easy money. It just wasn't easy enough. So he took the exact solution that caused the prior two bubbles and just supersonic it to where he took rates down to 0%. Zero. Nada. Savers, go screw yourself. Who got the difference? The spread? The banks, the lenders, the people that screwed us, who we lent money to, to save them. And something happened. Markets stopped going down. In fact, they started growling in March of 2009. But something happened. After the markets rallied, they hit a pothole. What to do? Bernanke looked around, hmm, you know, I once wrote this, wrote this paper on the 1929 crash. I'm going to print money. What? What, 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 what? How can you just print money? Oh, we just can. And I'm going to take that money and distort the hell out of the bond market. Just distort the hell out of it. We're going to take that money and buy zillions of dollars of bonds to get interest rates down, crowding out everybody else. And in turn, lift markets and asset prices. And it worked. Markets rallied. QE1, they called it, quantitative easing one. But there was a time limit on QE1, and it stopped. The printing stopped. Markets corrected. In fact, they corrected badly. Bernanke in his office, after he was done playing Space Invaders in Galaga, and a little Miss Pac-Man, said, hmm, they did QE2. Quantitative easing number two. More printing of money while they stayed at 0% interest rates. And guess what markets did? They rallied. And they rallied well. But quantitative easing, too, also had a time limit. And guess what happened? Markets drooped. Markets dropped. Hmm, what to do? Well, let's not do quantitative easing three first. Let's do something called Operation Twist. I still don't know what Operation Twist was. And the fact of the matter is it didn't work so well. So out comes quantitative easing three. The mother of all printing of money. $85 billion a month now. I know it's just a number. You'll have to trust me when I tell you it's gargantuan. Trillion bucks a year. Markets rallied. And rallied well. And rallied well. And rallied well. But something happened. We started getting some corrections here or there. But never full, full-blown bear markets. What do they do? Yo, Japan, Mr. Kuroda. Yo, European Union, Mr. Draghi, get going. What does Japan do? What does Europe do? They take rates down to nothing. They start printing money, giving us cover. Markets rally. Enter Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen says, you know, we got to do something about this. We got to just pull back on this printing money, and she does. While Japan and Europe starts theirs up, by no coincidence. So we go through some period of time little turmoil back and forth. But Japan and Europe are printing money like crazy, and then they go negative interest rates. Negative. Up next, why are we talking about the past today? You'll get it in a moment. That's up next. 
on this the one and only Investor's Edge. It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Kultbaum. It doesn't get done this. So while all this nonsense is going on, we finally stop printing and we try raising rates while Japan and Europe are lowering rates to negative and printing, giving us cover. In other words, more easy money. And we go back and forth, and then Donald Trump becomes president. And markets were just hanging out, not doing nothing, but, you know, not bad. And they announced tax cuts and regulatory cuts and more tax cuts and more regulatory cuts. And markets get going again. And the U.S. starts leading the rest of the world on the economic front, and all is good and all is well. Which brings us to Jay Powell. He comes in as the Fed head. And he's just got to raise rates. Get back into normalcy. you got to get back into normalcy. And he raises rates a little bit, a quarter at a time, a quarter at a time, quarter at a time. And then all of a sudden, market starts getting creamed. Bearish market. Bearish market. Now we know as we look backwards, every time the market got in trouble, the announcement of or the floating of a trial balloon of easier money or easier money around the globe. We get to the point where Jay Powell raises rates to a measly 2.5%, and Wall Street's having fits. Oh my God, we got a bearish market. How dare we have a bearish market? That can't happen. What does Jay Powell do? Accommodates the market. Does a complete 180 from the week before. The week before, economy strong as all hell. We're going to raise rates three or four times in 2019. Within a nanosecond goes to, we don't need to raise rates. And in fact, if need be, we're going to lower rates. Market takes off. Takes off for four months with nary a pullback. So during that time, you have a pliant, compliant central bank head here in the U.S., God forbid he goes above 2.5%. You have Europe, negative rates and still printing. Japan, negative rates, still printing. China, easing like a mother. So we rally in table. No worries. But what happens? The market tops in May. And it gets ugly. Viciously ugly in certain areas. Energy, oil and gas, retailers, semiconductors. Recently, they went after the FANG stocks with a viciousness. Commodities, healthcare, biotech. Oh my God, we can't have the market going down, can we? So very simply, in the last couple of weeks, I've been stating that we're getting closer and closer to where the Fed's going to change again. And how do I know this? Oh, I just watch the Fed for 10 years. Every time the market gets in trouble, changes their stance, and always the stance is to go easier. Fast forward to today. The central bank head – no, I'm going to take that back. Back to yesterday. One of the Fed heads planted the seed that we can lower rates. And the Dow rallied at the end of the day, though the NASDAQ stayed down a lot. But I knew right then and there, there you go. Now we walk in today. 
What does Jay Powell say? Without saying it, go look it up. He said that we used unconventional tools when we had the crisis in 08. Those unconventional tools are 0% and printing of money. He goes on to state today, maybe what's unconventional should just be the conventional. And therein lies your money quote, and markets took off to the second, off that money quote, that all but says to investors, we are going to lower rates, and we will take them down to zero, and we will print money, and intimated, we can go negative rates also. So it took only a 7% hit on the S&P to go from the Fed is now patient, the Fed is now going to ease. And therein lies today. And therein lies why I wanted to give you a little background since 09. And it's simple. Every time the market gets in trouble, they are ready to do something or do something. Rhetorically or physically. And we got it again. Now you ask the question, why? What are they protecting? What are these people trying to prevent? Here's my take. All this easy money, about $20 trillion of printed money around the globe on top of very low rates, on top of negative rates, and continuously. Well, every data point, every economic statistic, every asset price around the globe is living off this easy money, this artificial easy money. This non-market rates, easy money. That has caused a wealth effect, screwing the savers, but creating wealth for the upper class. What do you think they're worried about? If they lose that, with 22 trillion of debt and trillion dollar deficits that they enabled, they are one of the culprits? Well, think 08 times 10. Up next... We'll get into the market wrap. News of the day. Whatever else today. Thanks for being here. I'm Gary. This is the one only Investor's Edge. You're listening to America is talking. Investor's Edge. You gotta be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coltbaum. I'm highly recommended. You're gonna feel better if you talk to him. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. So where do we stand? Well, just to give you an idea. On the week, Google is still down 52 bucks. On the week, Amazon's still down 45 bucks. On the week, Facebook is still down $10. And of course, that's $167 stock. There's been damage done. But on the week, the Sox is now up 59 on the week. And listen carefully. And this is muy importante. Anything is possible. Those, that very important phrase. Anything is, is possible when you have a president that tweets and on a whim does tariffs or take them off. Anything's possible when you have central bank heads doing speeches all across the land. Anything's possible. But odds favor that semiconductor area, let's call it around 1300. We think that's probably a good low for now. For now. 
If it's the low, then we've seen the low in the market. Because as you know, the semiconductors lead up and lead down. Let's just say we suspect there's some more upside testing and we'll reevaluate it as it goes. On everything that's now starting to rally up, our measuring stick will sit be about how far they can rally up on the first go-round and how badly they peter out and how badly they pull back. Do we do the up one, down a half, up one, down a half, or something icky? We'll let the cards come out of the deck. But we're letting you know on the semis, it looks like probably a low for now has been put in. Could we retest? Yeah, not so sure. But anything's possible. The S&P, by the way, back above the 200-day moving average. The S&P, back above the 200-day moving average. And you know how important that is to us? You know how important it is? The NASDAQ, back to the 200-day moving average. The NASDAQ 100, back to the 200-day moving average. The Russell 2000, still has plenty of work to do, but good day today. The transports still have work to do, but good day today. The financials, very good day today. After getting smacked around for a while. And what happened with the financials today? Finally, the oversold yield on bonds bounced, rallied up. That's good for the banks. Now, a couple of things. Number one, we think there's a good chance, again, anything's possible, that the low of yesterday will not be breached anytime soon. And for us, that's short-term thought process, a couple of weeks. That's the take. I think there's a decent chance we rally up and we pull back, setting a higher low in price or a decent retest. But I think there is a chance we got the Powell put today. I think there's a chance. And I wouldn't argue with it. I wouldn't argue with it. And we'll see what comes out of it. What was interesting to us today was how all these leading software names just got absolutely smeared here recently. A bunch of breakdowns recently. A bunch are not coming back. But some of the stronger ones, we are quite amazed at how strong they became at the end of the day today. Middle of the day, they weren't really getting going. But by the close, pretty good. Now, we haven't done our scans yet. But pretty, pretty good on how much territory they covered today on today. And we always get the question... How, do you, how does the market go from so bearish one day to so bullish the next day and so bullish one day and so bearish the next day? Oh, it's simple. Central bank-induced markets that leaves a lot of trigger fingers out there that manage a heck of a lot of bucks. And that's why. Now, I will be measuring tonight strength versus weakness. I will be measuring tonight where things held, what held, and possibly why it held, because as I stated, the higher rates on the long end helps the banks. One plus one equals two. But Gary, 
all we've been hearing recently is we're going into recession. And the reason we know we're going into recession is because these yields are yelling and screaming recession. Well, we've not used that word. We use the word slowdowns. Recession is possible. But, listen carefully, there is no way we are going into recession if the market does not go down further. Markets are really darn good at flushing out recessions. And they just won't go down 5 6 or 7%. They'll drop 20 25%. So we have not been there. But there are recessions out there that we know already. Go look at a lot of the retail names and where they're trading. How far down they are. Energy slash oil and gas. They got a recession going. As well as a bear market in their stocks. Notwithstanding bounces. That can occur at any time. So just letting you know, dang, the Central Bank of the United States still holds sway over the market to a certain extent. And if by chance they ever go back to 0% rates, probably go 30000 down. But remember the ultimate outcome, and I'm not kidding. All asset bubbles eventually pop. How do I know it's an asset bubble? $20 trillion of printed money, 0% rates, negative rates, crapping in your pants at 2.5% rates. That's all you need to know. That's where the bubble lies. In the easy money. And anyone who thinks otherwise, that there's not an asset bubble, had better study the history of easy money. And while we're not Cassandra's, We are historians here, and we are quite factual based on history and based on precedent with a C. Yes, there is a decent amount of precedent to go by when it comes to easy money, but I must tell you, never ever have we seen the easy money that we are getting around the globe right now. We will keep watching. Up next on The Edge, news of the day. Whatever else. Thanks for being here. This is the one that you are listening to. What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? One, two, ready, no. go. Action! Investor's Edge with Kelly Kopoff. And what was again to Investor's Edge? A few tidbits. Uh, remember that little insider play I told you about, Continental Resources, CLR, where the CEO bought tens of millions of bucks worth. His name's Harold Ham. Stock went from 42 to 51. And then when oil prices crashed, stock went from uh, actually 52 down to 35 bucks. It was up five and a quarter day to 40 and a quarter. They announced a billion-dollar buyback. Billion-dollar buyback. It's only about 6% of the float. That's called 7%. We'll call it 7%. Stock went up about 13%. So just keep it on your watch list, CLR. The problem, though, is oil prices are just not moving to the upside at all. Other movers today, just a, just a few things floating around. Trade Desk, TTD, had a poor reaction to earnings and uh, gave the middle finger to the sellers. It's up 25 today. It's back on my screens today. Trade Desk, TTD. 
Tesla. Gary, why was Tesla up 15 today? Well, because uh, in the last six weeks, it's down uh, 110. And when you have a good up day, they're going to bounce it. And when you're a stock that has a short position of eh, 36 million shares, shorts are going to cover on a day like today. 36 million shares short on Tesla. You know where I stand on the company. I already mentioned the semiconductor index. Looks like it put in a low. Uh, got questions on the Apple, the Amazon, Facebook, and Google. I don't know. I just go by the technicals at this point in time. Can't do much more than that. And I would suggest to you Apple. Eh, I, I, I really don't have much to say. Except the good news, it's up on the week. Uh, Amazon, which is down like 50 bucks on the week. It's trading below the 200-day moving average. I, I really don't have a great opinion except they're bouncing them. By the way, Apple's below the 200-day also. They're bouncing them. Uh, without a doubt, they're certainly not leadership quality right now as far as what we call relative strength in the market. Facebook was down a couple of bucks early. Today finished up three and change. Uh, same thing, uh, except Facebook only pulled back down to the 200-day and bounced off at almost another penny. So maybe there's a little symmetry there on Facebook. Uh, Google, I'm using the L stock. Gross. Gross. And it's still down like 60 points this week. Gross. It can rally up. But they have decelerating everything. And then the crosshairs a little bit here. So all those names, they ain't showing leadership to me. Pretty much at all. But as always, you decide. Because when they get loved, if they start moving, they get loved quickly. But right now, I consider them all just bouncing today. Nothing more, nothing less. Other names I'm asked about. Well, the old Priceline, Booking.com, don't ask me why. It was up 96 bucks today. It is a $1,700 stock. The only thing I can come up with is they actually had a good reaction to their crappy earnings about four weeks ago, and the market took it down, and it's trying to reassert that good reaction. But earnings were down 7%, and revenues down 3 so it doesn't thrill me. But that helped today. And I still don't understand why they changed the name. You got this brand name out there, Priceline, you change it to Booking Holdings. That one I don't understand. At all. Boeing, up five and change today. Got nothing to add. We'll just keep telling you the same thing over and over again. You just don't really have an interest, except maybe a trade here or there if you see something. In that, we just think there's a lot of risk still. And more and more is coming out that really does not show Boeing in a good light. The one story that stuck out is that companies can buy the better working software for a price. And I'm thinking to myself, what? How do you not have the best software in an airplane? And mandatory. I mean, isn't safety the number one goal of airlines or any business, any travel business, anything that moves you? So again, really no opinion except to tell you around that, I don't know, 337 area. Looks like it's got some support. Undercut it yesterday and rallied back up. What else am I asked about? Uh, Chipotle. That was up 20 today. Stock's dead. Bad reaction to last earnings. Maybe it bounces up. Terrific. Doesn't do much for me right now, except, again, at any time, you can do trading on any of these things. Just be on the right side of the trade. And if not, make sure you got stops in place. So, so those are some of the things you're asking about. The dude on Jeopardy lost last night. Somebody's going to be fired because they leaked it. Amazing, huh? They leaked the video of the dude finally losing. 
I gotta tell you, I've never seen somebody that knows so much about so many things. Have a great evening. Drive carefully. When you get home, do like we do. Quite the simple procedure. You all make sure you have your children. Right now. This clean edit of Investor's Edge created by Stu Lander. Follow me at twitter.com slash s-t-o-o-l-a-n-d-e-r.